0: You're listening to The Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church.
1: There's been confusion. Ben, you just talked about the truth. What is the truth? Yeah. We've given to Caesar what is God's. It's the church's responsibility mm. to take care of the most vulnerable. It's not Caesar's, it's not the government's. So the church needs to stand up and and, and take care of those things. We need to not only talk about it in, in the political realm because it's still political, but what are we as a church doing to, to make sure that the most vulnerable are taken care of?
2: Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. My name is Taylor, joined by three special guests this week for a special edition. First, we have Worship Pastor Ben Kioski. Ben, thanks for being here. Hey, everybody. This is a special edition. It is, whether wow. you know it or not. Awesome. And then we have Lead Pastor Jose Avroa here. Jose, thanks for being here. Always good to be here. And a special first time to the I, podcast, I right? Think that's second. Why, oh, I think that's
1: why this is special. Second. <laughs> that, that
2: you stole my thunder. Oh, man. Special uh, guest with us, Prayer Pastor Rhonda Patterson. Good Rhonda, if I had a yes. track, audio <laughs> applause,
0: <fans>. clap track.
2: <gasps> yep. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Welcome, it's Rhonda. Good to be here. Jose, we kicked off or ended recapped a series called Kingdom Culture. First talked about family, then talked about church, and then this past week talked about country. So I love every week just to kind of get an insight into your brain as you prepared for this message, just with everything going on. I'm sure there's just a lot that you are processing and kind of how did you prioritize what you chose to prioritize and everything that you shared this week. Yeah,
1: a lot of planning and praying went into this message. In fact, when looking at the kingdom of God, I knew that we would would be talking about the country, but we started in a different place because I really wanted to give the whole picture of these three institutions, the family, the church, the country. So it started a few weeks back and then wanted to look at scripture. So I did look to Romans 13, spent a lot of time in the whole chapter, same thing with First Peter 2, and then finally landed as our guiding scripture at First Timothy 2. And so, yeah, that's, that's where this message came from. I said all that I said before the message on purpose because we can get so distracted, but I really wanted to stay focused on preaching the word and allowing the word to, uh, to teach us and correct and rebuke as we look at um, this very sensitive yet timely topic, which is how does it look like for us as kingdom people? What does it mean for us to live as his people in this time? Yeah.
2: And I thought that we would cover kind of the four points you laid out based on that First uh, Timothy 2 passage and starting with the first one, which is prayer. And I know that's something that uh, Rhonda, I'm so glad you're here just to kind of speak to that as not only a culture of our church, but just even the posture that we want to have heading into this kind of big week. So I'd love for you to kind of share maybe a little bit that what God has put on your heart as you have prayed in particular for this election for the church mm-hmm. and just maybe kind of what are some kind of takeaways right away that people can kind of focus on? Because at least for me, when I think about praying for the country, there's a lot there. And so maybe if you can help us kind of guide Mm -hmm. us to a few things, that would be great. Yeah,
3: Um, there is a lot there. And particularly, it seems like in this election, I um, I feel like for me, prayer is is it. I mean, Mm -hmm. we get one vote and we get to pray and we can pray Mm -hmm. at all times, all the time, Mm In every season, regardless of who is elected, who's who we voted for, who we didn't vote for, we get to pray, and so that that God gives us that gift. It is truly a gift. Um, is everything. And so that's been a priority for me heading in. It's what kept, has kept me in more of a place of peace in these turbulent times, is just continually praying about um, the days that, we're going, that we've been going through and the days that are ahead. So it helps keep me in a place of peace. And so I think that's available for all of us. Yeah. If, as we do that, so.
2: Yeah, that's really good. Jose, Ben, love to bring y'all into this as well. Kind of what are maybe some things as y'all think about just the country heading even into this week, what are some things you feel like God's kind of putting on your heart just to be praying for in particular? I think starting
1: here is the mm-hmm. most important. As you mm-hmm. just said, Rhonda, mm-hmm. the verse is clear. I urge, first of all, mm-hmm. pray. Mm-hmm. And we don't normally see prayer as the most effective weapon but it really is it's actually Mm. the best way that we can communicate with god and so he's the one that's in control and so he's asking us to pray so let's do it um I've been convicted because I'm growing in my prayer life and I tend to turn to other things, either logic or argument Mm -hmm. or um, even statement, biblical statements of saying, well, I stand here, I'll stand there, but I'm not as quick to say, let's pray. Mm -hmm. There's so much tension. There's so much uh, that we need to look um, out for. And and so I'm, I'm learning to turn to prayer
0: more. Yes. And for me, I've uh you know, leading up to the, the, the election, which is uh you know, tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um most of what I've been praying and asking for is that the the evil of division will be routed out um in our local community as well as 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 it progresses out mm-hmm. from there. Um, because really having, having, having opinions all around the political stuff, that's going to happen. And I think that that discourse is usually good for us to try to figure out how to do things in, 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 mm-hmm. in the here and now. But as, as believers um, in Jesus who are kingdom first people, we have to be aware and actively involved in routing out the evil of division because that's really what it is. Jose and I can have a different idea about a certain thing, whatever it is, whether it's politics or not. Mm-hmm. But if we're divisive to one another, then we sinned. Yeah, uh, you know, that's opinions and, and discussions about how to figure things out are fine. But if, mm-hmm. but when we take that step into sin, and that's really what's going to crush us in, mm-hmm. in, in our in our culture, is just a a wanton willingness to sin.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and 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 just leave it out there. And the sin of division is. The spirit of division is alive and well now, and, we, and I think we should pray and live as people who want to crush that, mm-hmm. as, as that's how we become conquerors in the kingdom, mm-hmm. not by defeating someone with another opinion, but by routing out division.
2: Mm-hmm. That's my... Yeah.
0: Two cents on praying for the the election. Mm -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Uh, We're recording this on Monday, November 2nd. Most of you listening right now are probably going to be listening to this after election day. And so I'd love to kind of ask this next question just as we shift. I know we'll continue to talk about the election and what that means, because who knows when we'll actually know the result of that. But what does it look like as far as to have a kingdom culture and a kingdom mindset when it comes to our country? Just even in the next few weeks and months and, and years mm-hmm. to come, because um, we know that while this election might be over, there will be future ones and there will be uh, governors and people that are in authority. So, mm-hmm. so maybe starting with Jose, do you want to kind of tackle There's maybe so what's- much
1: that I want to say to that <laughs> so much that immediately goes through my mind. I would yeah. say the first thing is that we are foreigners and we're exiles. Mm-hmm. We don't talk a lot about that. And we're mm-hmm. blessed to live in an amazing country where we do have a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. And we talk That's about true. how blessed, Mm-hmm. Uh, we are to have the freedom of religion and gather in the way that we have. We have incredible privileges, not only to, to, to worship and serve our community here, but to serve the church around the world. Incredible, incredible what we have. But this is not home. We are exiles and we are foreigners. It says that in First Peter 2. Um, yeah. And so if we forget that, then that's when we start getting protective and entitled yeah. about this freedom that we have in this country. But that freedom is given to us by our government mm-hmm. and by our history but the freedom that we have inside is only given to us by Jesus. And that's truly the only way to live freely. We can live as free people here in this land, but still be enslaved to the things of this world yeah. and to the sin, uh, and to sin. When we have freedom in Jesus, we can be you know, enslaved in, under a, an oppressive government but we can be free
2: mm-hmm. knowing
1: right. that we we right. have true freedom inside. So mm-hmm. that's what it means to live as exiles and foreigners. That's immediately what came to mind. There's so much more. I'll let, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Mm.
3: Well, I, uh, that is so true, Jose. And I, I think one thing that helps me to stay in that kingdom mindset is the very first point on the prayer guide is worship and repentance, mm. um, you know, God tells us in His Psalms that He inhabits the praises of His people. So as we worship Him, as we spend time each day worshiping Him, it invites His presence into every aspect of our lives. And then uh, repentance, uh, letting God reveal my own heart uh, in areas, things that I've read or seen that were, you know, made me angry or just caused a reaction in me, whether it was political or something else. As I go to the Lord before that and let Him show me my heart, then it just resets me. Mm-hmm. It, he washes away the mm-hmm. ick, and I'm able to reset and stay focused on the kingdom. Because regardless of the results of the election, whether we get it tomorrow or. Yeah. A year from now, <laughs> oh, not. but regardless, we stay on track. We stay focused yeah. on our kingdom purposes, like you were saying, Ben, mm-hmm. unity and love, you mm-hmm. know? And so mm-hmm. that's, to me, that's like the essential thing. And when I'm feeling it's off in my day, if I've had some things come at me, then I know I really kind of need to go back to that, yeah. mm-hmm. go back to worship, go back to repentance, and just spending that time letting Him settle me. Hmm. So,
0: I Yeah, the reality that the kingdom of God is transcendent over all these things, I think that's really mm-hmm. wise of you to mention that, because just as you said it, it, it made me kind of think, yeah, that's kind of— what everybody seems to be missing, especially those of us within our mm-hmm. communities and in the nation that are super nervous about all this stuff, yeah. um, you know, not, it's not that there aren't you know things going on that are that are that are a little dicey here and there. Mm-hmm. I mean, surely that's happening, but the reminder that the kingdom of God is transcendent. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter who wins at the ballot box. Mm-hmm. God is is no no more or less in control. He was always omnipotent over the whole exactly. situation, and that's what Romans chapter thirteen is all about. The beginning of that yeah. part, and uh, even what we're talking about in, in First Peter, you know, um, that the the, the 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 rulers that are in place are mm-hmm. in place divinely. Yep, that doesn't particularly mean that the individual, whoever they may be, is mm-hmm. a, is a you know a, a saint or whatever you want to call it. Um, but they are divinely in place it's, all across the world, which is, that's kind of a hard teaching. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. That's it's kind of a hard teaching. It's a kingdom timetable. It's a kingdom timetable. That's
3: mm-hmm. yeah,
0: oh, awesome. Boom. I, I Trademark. Put that way. <laughs> yeah, kingdom timetable. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think also in, in the days to come, you know, as we come through the election, regardless of what happens, and, uh, is, is, is we have to understand that we can actually know what is true. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to be people who are about the truth of the kingdom of God Mm -hmm. and and actual practical truths within everything. We've been convinced now that we can't know what is true. And it's I could go on and on about the philosophical groundwork that got us there Mm -hmm. as a culture worldwide, not just in the United States, but um, it kind of boils down to subjective reality and subjective truth, the lie of subjective truth. It affords us only the laziness to believe whatever aligns with our preferred environment rather than aligning with what is true. Mm-hmm. And so we've become comfortable in that because that's now an accepted way to think, is that there isn't a standard of truth. There isn't a an, an omnipotent God who is king over all things. Mm-hmm. And so we just go into all these different things that are not mm-hmm. true. All mm-hmm. of us, regardless of your of your political bent since we're speaking particularly on the election. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we need to fight for and search for what is true Mm -hmm. and remember that when we don't know what is true, then we can trust in God Mm -hmm. and we can lean on Him and we can pray and that'll bring us peace, which Mm -hmm. I think that's what what we need now. One of the things that we need is peace under the comfort of a heavenly Father who cares and does have a plan in place, Mm -hmm. regardless of what
2: we think the implications of the ballot box are. Mm That's good. Mm-hmm. Rhonda, you mentioned the prayer guide. So I want to just give a quick little plug, a little uh, commercial break uh, to mention that for those. Mm-hmm. Uh, its I feel like i read it and it's helpful even just after the election, but they can just, mm-hmm. uh, people, if they want that, they can go to com slash 24 and you can just put your email address and get it sent to you right away. Uh, maybe tell us just a little bit about kind of what you were thinking, Rhonda, as you put that together, because I love kind of some of the different characteristics that you kind of highlighted. You focus on worship and repentance to start and then kind of maybe give us a yeah. few, few pre- have to help
3: me because you're okay. right in front of me. But um yeah, I just I always feel like that's the place to start. It's just coming in humility before the Lord to say that I can have in my mind what I think the way that this election should go, or you know, but I trust his timetable, I trust what he wants to put in place. So all I can do is pray. For wisdom in my own vote, and then I trust you, Lord, with what you're going to do. And so, um, that was kind of my heart in the yeah. in the guide is just to to help us uh, understand that we can pray and bless candidates and their families. That we can pray and bless the polling places with peace and and, and all just the kingdom of God over all of that and and really entrust the outcome to him and we really can
2: yeah, yeah, no, that's that's so good. Uh, I want to. I know prayer wo- is woven through all four of these, and so I want to move on to the next one, which is mm-hmm. advocate. And Jose, I want to kind of uh, hit you first with this, but just kind of asking, what does it look like for us to be an advocate? And I think the more loaded question I want to hear from all of y'all is, how do we talk about politics? Mm-hmm. Whether it's just in a family context, community group context, like what are maybe I know all three of y'all have had conversations <laughs> related to politics. Yeah. We all have, yeah. and so maybe. Uh, kind of what that looks like from a from a, a biblical view, this and what the, you've kind of learned.
1: Special edition because it's an hour long <laughs> podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I I struggled tremendously through this and wrestled, and that's when I came up with the dividing it into three parts. Again, I kind of. Uh, Flew over the first section, the first set of issues, which is all the things that maybe were big issues 12 years ago or even eight years ago, maybe four years ago. But today, it seems like those are minor things and, and those, again, things that have to do with taxation and the economy and and other things that, that we can disagree with, but then kind of be okay with one another. They're not going to separate um, families, division, what you said, Ben, but, but I really wanted to focus on the other two. And I talked about Mark chapter 12, when Jesus was talking about taxation, he said, hey, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. I really think we flipped that. We've given to Caesar what is God's and we've given God to what is Caesar's. And what I mean by that is we've, there's been confusion. Ben, you just talked about the truth. What is the truth? Yeah. We've given to Caesar what is God's. It's the church's responsibility mm-hmm. to take care of the most vulnerable. It's not Caesar's, it's not the government's. So the church needs to stand up and, and, and take care of those things. We need to not only talk about it in, in the political realm because it's still political, but what are we as a church doing? To to make sure that the most vulnerable are taken care of. And some of the stuff we don't talk about because we do it the biblical way. We just kind of do it without knowing what the right hand is doing, the left hand doesn't know. Um, And so I think part of that is good, but as a whole, I'm talking about as a whole. We need to do a better job um, as the church to do that. And, and then we really need to recognize those three things. Those are truths that God is clear um, in the Bible that we need to stand up for the family, we need to stand up for faith, and we need to stand up for life. And I think in terms of how to talk about it, we need to be filled with salt and with grace. And even if people aren't on our side or even on God's side, there's still room for for a conversation, and there's still room for relationship, and there is a lie going around that if you don't agree with the other person, then you must not be for that person, and I think that's for, from the enemy mm-hmm. to divide, mm-hmm. and so we need to be aware of that, and as Christians, even overcorrect to make sure that we are welcoming and um, that we're accepting in full of grace.
0: When when they asked Jesus about political stuff um particularly, you know like the gift caesar what is caesar's it was always a dismissive response because the the matters of the earthly kingdoms not that they're completely worthless but the matter is the kingdom of god mm-hmm. and people asked jesus questions all the time and his responses were rarely an answer to the question that they asked but they're an answer to what they were actually looking for mm-hmm. yeah and so I think that the way that we have discussions is that we try to enter in uh to discussions in the way that Jesus had discussions with people um, and that is it's about kingdom business regardless of the topic that we start with, and um, not to conflate political things with with the gospel or or try to try to make Jesus a member of your political party, which is fun a lot of people try to do that <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it's not that but it's man I think I think we we have political discussions with a listening ear and we have political discussions with the purpose of the gospel in mind mm-hmm. that people would be reconciled to God because like we kind of talked about regardless of what happens with an election whatever election cycle it is whether it's presidential or not um, the, the the matters of salvation the matters of life and death are at hand yep. and I'm not talking about I'm not talking about wars in earthly kingdoms, I'm talking about eternal
2: life and eternal death, you know what I mean? And so,
0: yep. yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Rhonda, has there been yeah. anything that stood out to you amidst political conversations? And- I,
3: I think for me, um, having a quieted spirit is, mm-hmm. is just saves me so many times <laughs> from getting myself <laughs> into trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back in the day, our conversations were one-on-one or three-on-one or whatever. But now with social media, we have a larger sphere of influence. And, um, or so we think. Or so we think. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Well, sadly, though, you know, it's like when I've learned, and in the hard way mm. <laughs> at times, is that like leaping on a social media platform to voice an opinion can be so misconstrued. It's not relational. It's just spouting my opinion on something which may be dead on, it may be right on, but it's not necessarily coming from a place of love. And it's not, you know, it's like, God puts people in front of me to minister to and for them to minister to me. He has us in relationship um, for a reason. And so when we do it on those public platforms, things can be so misunderstood. And we've seen it a lot, this election cycle, where things just get so out of hand in what that looks like. And so I think advocating is so important. It's, But I see it more in that relational sense. That's where and I've also learned that like, people waiting to see if people really want my opinion. Sometimes they well, just want good. to give you their opinion, mm-hmm. and they just want to be heard. And they may be right on, or they may be way off. But sometimes they want to be heard, and yeah. so it's, sometimes it's worth it to just take that extra moment to say, "Well, would you like to hear what I think mm-hmm. on that, or what I feel like God's shown me on that?" Because sometimes people really don't want, they don't mm-hmm. want to know, and you're you're talking to the wall uh, when you do that. But if it's God-prompted and you're showing that you value their opinion and you care about what they care about, and you can have that back-and-forth dialogue. So, quieted spirit is numero uno for me in that
2: respect, so. That's really good. I think about just even, that reminds me kind of what I was thinking of is just thinking about what's the goal of having these conversations. I don't often think about that when a conversation starts because sometimes I'm not even expecting it, but uh, my flesh and my pride is all, the goal is to be right. And Mm -hmm. so I'm always, if I'm entering into a conversation Mm -hmm. and I can tell that they don't agree with me, then uh, it's my job to convince them that I'm right. When really, if I'm thinking about it, okay, that that is just not going to be ever a winning battle. And so, especially around certain issues. And so I think that kind of in the same vein as, okay, what are the ways that I can show love to this person? What are the needs they're communicating outside of all the like actual right. politics stuff, but just mm-hmm. the the deeper part that they're trying to convey to me and trying to actually meet them there and not just taking every Absolutely. chance I can to just be heard and be right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's
0: excellent, man. Cause if we come to it, like come to conversations, just, with a goal to be right about things, it doesn't matter how right yeah. we are. We haven't heard anybody, and uh, it, now that's not to say that we don't have a discussion, but we have, we do it in a life giving mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. and in a way that listens and is ready to learn. We have to be ready to learn. Right,
3: we have mm-hmm. to be
0: ready to be to be uh, um, corrected if we've missed something, mm-hmm. uh, and if we're not, then we're just being, you know. The, we're being the type of people that aren't interested in hearing and having a discussion with you. We just want to hear our opinion come out of your mouth mm-hmm. you know we want to <laughs> be good. affirmed mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and uh, you know and, and the the advocate part of the question you know and, and you you touched on it, Jose, and I just want to put in my two cents for, yes, we need to advocate for the needy and and the mm-hmm. helpless and um, to your point, the church uh can uh, continue to improve on what they already do, because we do do quite a bit, not just the Cypress Creek Church, that's not what I'm talking about. The church at large mm-hmm. is the greatest organization force for good and caring for the needy, the widow, the orphan, and the poor, and we need to continue mm-hmm. to bolster that. We're actually the only ones that do it in a systematic way around the world. And that's kind of one of those things that's, that's one of those truth points. That's the truth of the church. And, yes, we need to continue to bolster it because, I mean, just look around for 10 seconds and you'll see a need, an unmet need. So not mm-hmm. to suggest that we're perfect at it, but, but we are doing it. And uh, we need to bolster that quite a bit more because... I just wanted to comment on how brilliant that was. Mm-hmm. That you said we've given to Caesar what is God's, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. and
0: you're right. It's not the government's job to do all of those things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, because you know, in our country, we want to have separation of church and state, but we mm-hmm. want the the state to do church right. things and the right. and the church to do state things. I'll never forget <laughs> when I was in Joplin, Missouri, uh, helping out after the tornado there, and. um I went. We went to the city office because I had to get a building permit for something. So I go to the city office, and at the, the the government city office, they had signs everywhere that said, "If you need assistance for your home or for your you know family or food or shelter or whatever, here's." And they had a list of three churches. Go to these churches. And I just I love the irony of that, and mm-hmm. and that's really kind of a a picture because one they had to put that sign up because people are going to Caesar to get help. Mm-hmm. you know, but the church is the one that can mobilize and actually Absolutely. make it happen. Like, that's so and good. so we should bolster it. Yep.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's really good. Jose, your last two points are remember and yield. So I'd love for you to kind of just expound just a little bit on kind of the importance of that, especially in context of what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, remember is huge. and that is, we've already touched on it. It doesn't matter for are right, mm-hmm. if we lose a friendship or if we lose uh, an opportunity, to tell somebody who wants nothing to do with the church or with Jesus. If we lose that, then um, it's, it's, it's not That's not what's dearest to God. What's dearest to God is for all to come Mm -hmm. to a knowledge of the truth, which is that Jesus gave his life for each person that has ever set foot on this planet. Mm -hmm. And he is the one on the throne, has been, is right now, and will continue to be forever. And one day it will be a good day when, you know, kingdom here on earth is like it is right now in heaven. But in the meantime, in the tension, that's what we need to remember. We need to remember that that's what God's primary purpose is. That's why each of us are sitting in this room mm-hmm. It's because of people that were activated or parents or you know, mm-hmm. folks that were all about the gospel and, and they made that primary. And so as much of a temptation as it is to make things of the culture primary we can never forget that it's you know what's primary to god is is
2: the gospel mm-hmm. Rhonda, I'd love to ask you uh, about yield, and I just would love to hear what you would say to someone who's really struggling and really anxious heading into this election, and even just the uncertainty just between now and January even, as far as someone that the concept of yielding and giving this up to God is just so hard. What would you maybe say and encourage someone that's just really having a hard time is just Inundated with all of the the news and just mm-hmm. the speculation and just uh, a lot of the stress that comes with that.
3: Yeah, that's so. There's there's so much right now, and even just knowing that there are people that are still really struggling over COVID and yeah. um, they're housebound. You know, they're they're afraid, and it and so um, yielding is that place of releasing to the Lord. And it's intentional, and sometimes it has to be moment by moment. It's funny, I think I had shared with Jose this last week, I was thinking of that. I know you've heard that phrase, that fake it till you make it kind of phrase, which is an awful phrase, but sometimes you get through the work day or, you know, whatever. (laughs) But uh, the Lord was showing me and saying to me, uh, just even some things in my life is believe it. Believe, you know, ask the Lord to show you scriptures about whatever it is you're struggling with that point you to uh, standing firm in your faith and jot those down and put them in places where you see them and remember them. So believe it until you receive it Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Till it really takes root in your heart and you achieve it. So to me, that achieving it is is moving beyond just it. It, you, it takes root in my heart, and then I'm I can walk and and I'm not afraid anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not walking in fear about COVID. I'm not walking in fear about who's who's president of the United States and what what that's going to mean. I don't I don't have to walk in fear. And so that's for me. It's it's those scriptures standing on mm-hmm. scripture promises that are for me about what God wants to do in my life. And that's it. It's, it's so simple, but that's we make good. it complicated. We yes. make it hard. But that's really, it's, it's just letting it take deep root and, and embracing it with the Lord and asking Him to help you really receive that truth.
2: That's really good. So much good stuff here. Thank you all so much for being here. Jose, you want to cap off kind of the the series as a whole? And what do you want to leave us with? Jesus is king he's on the throne and it's a lifelong process
1: that we yield more and more Mm -hmm. to him and what it all means to be a disciple to make jesus the lord Mm -hmm. of our lives and jesus the king of our heart so if any at any point you feel tension or this sense of wrestling i would say welcome to the church (laughs) (laughs) we're all on the same journey and We have a faithful God who is present, and no matter what happens this week, He will remain the King of Kings.
0: All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody was awesome that's it for this version of the podcast we will see you guys next time